Hi, Disney fans. This week, we're learning about season two of Launchpad, the Disney Plus collection of live action shorts. Launchpad showcases writers and directors from underrepresented backgrounds who are given the opportunity to share their incredible perspectives and creative visions. And we'll hear all about it from producer Philip Dumpe and executive producer Mahim Ibrahim. I'm Lisa. I'm Hunter. And I'm Courtney. And this is D23 Inside Disney. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Good. How are you? Really good. Anybody have any fun weekend Disney stories to share? I mean, I got to ask, did you watch the first season of Launchpad <gasps> as we were ramping up for season two? Did you kind of prep with that? I love the first season of Launchpad. It was very inspiring. I actually had the chance to shoot some behind the scenes footage of Launchpad back in the day. Nice. Whoa, kind of a name drop, Hunter. That's exciting. <laughs> It was a really fun experience. I think Launchpad is a, a really cool series. You know, it's true. I actually, I got to talk to the filmmakers from the first season and it is like, there's just so much passion and like, it's just, you know, something about trying to get in there and tell your story and that passion and like fervor, it just shines through with all of these different filmmakers. So it's really, really cool that we're here to talk about Launchpad today. So Continuing the goal of that first season, which was to diversify the types of stories that are being told by giving access to those who historically have not had it, Launchpad Season 2 is presenting 60 shorts for Disney Plus based on the theme of connection. So have any of you seen any of this season's shorts yet? Again, the personal connection, I've said it before, it's really <laughs> blows my mind that someone from my high school is a director of one of these. So ah. I have to say that's the one that I watched the roof. So very cool. Very cool. Besides streaming on Disney+, Plus, some of these films have been screened at prestigious festivals, including the Palm Springs International Film Festival, the Holly Shorts Film Festival, and the Asian American International Film Festival. Very cool. There's so much talent, and they pull from such a, a large pool of talent. Let's do some trivia about this. Do you know how many people applied to the Launchpad program for season two? Multiple choice. A, mm. 500 people. B, 1,000 people. C, Nearly 2,000 people. Okay, I'm going to go with 500. Mm, if I remember right, for season one, I think it was around 1,000. So I'm going to hope and guess we doubled it. See, nearly 2,000. Ding, 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 ding. Nearly 2,000 applicants. And out of those nearly 2,000 applicants, only 12 writers and directors were chosen. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, from what I hear, they all have such interesting backgrounds, too. There are actors and improv performers. There are lawyers, illustrators, novelists, and of course, filmmakers. And they all come from all over the United States. I can't wait to hear more about the program. And outside of the Launchpad creators themselves, there's probably no one better to tell us about it than producer Philip Dempe and executive producer Mahim Ibrahim. So let's get right into it. Philip and Mahim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so to kick things off, we have to acknowledge short films are at the heart of Walt Disney Studios. So debuting season one of Disney's Launchpad seemed like a big win in the making, and it was. What were the responses to the first season you enjoyed most? Well, Mahin, I think since you were running lead on that, maybe that'd be a great question for you to answer. Sure. Thank you so much. So for season one, which debuted uh, May 28th, 2021, I think what was most heartwarming is a few things. So the first is that sometimes the art actually 
affects not just the audience, but the filmmaker. So with our short, The Little Princess, which is a heartwarming short about a young boy who realizes that pink and ballet and having fun is not just for girls, but for boys as well. And is taught that through his new best friend, both Chinese American young boys. So through that experience for the filmmaker, it actually empowered the filmmaker themselves to start the transition process to take that next step that they had been thinking about. And that actually was part of the learning process and growth process for the filmmaker as well. So really art sometimes is not just for the audience, but for the filmmaker as well. And secondly, with one of our other shorts, American Eve, it was the first time that any major studio, not just a major studio, but the best studio in the world had loudly and proudly talked about a very important holiday and the most important holiday for the Muslim community called Eid. And so that became a public platform for the filmmaker and for the Muslim community to really feel seen on screen. Wow. You can really feel like how much that means, I'm sure, to both of you, because, you know, this is the program that you've created and seeing how it's impacted people. Wow. So when and how did you hear you were coming back for season two? <laughs> it's, it's a funny question because I heard when I got the job to, to join the team. <laughs> and really what I came in to do, and it's a real like full circle moment for me over the past three years as I came in to develop and expand the second season of the program, which again, the first season was incredible. And I was, was grateful to be able to kind of work on it towards the tail end. But really my charter was taking what incredible stuff Maheen and the team had done and trying to build and take it to the next level. And finally, after a lot of incredible hard work, a lot of just incredible artists passion, drive, and spirit. Uh, we have season two out in the marketplace. I think the response has really been incredible. The theme for season one resulted in some really beautiful, touching stories. I watched every single one, and I'm so excited that season two is here now. That theme for season one was Discover. Can you tell us about the theme for season two? Season two's theme was Connection, and it really resonated with our team. I think, honestly, and, you know, not for this to be old hat, but largely, I think, due to the pandemic and where we found ourselves as a community, people have felt very alienated, very lonely in a whole host of ways, whether it was, you know, not being able to exchange a smile comfortably walking down the street or in your grocery market to not being able to see family members who or having, you know, a difficulty with traveling um, across the country, let alone across the globe. So the theme of connection almost in a way was like reconnection, I think. And you know what, actually, I think I'll stand by that as I think about the shorts in season two, because it's a lot of people coming together in a deeper way than maybe they were previous to kind of the events that take place in the short films. But connection is something I think people were really hungry for. It felt like something that would be on the top of mind for young artists who are interested in the program. And it just made sense. That's awesome. I was going to say, I, Philip, I've was feeling very connected to what you were saying every step of the way. I'm not even kidding. I was just like, yes, this is what I need. So very, very cool. What can you tell us about the six films and what drew you to each of them in season two? 
What drew you to these shorts, Mahin? <laughs> so off of that in our theme of connection, what we realized is that each of the six short films actually had a connection among family. And so that really is what part of what drew me personally to them. And so you'll see that whether it be two sisters banding together to save their mom and dad in the ghost Disney Launchpad's first horror film, or whether it be a father and son reconnecting through the son's love of martial arts, which is Launchpad's first action adventure film, uh, you'll see that poignant theme really connect all throughout. And I mentioned a little bit about genre, so I'll pass it over to Philip to talk a little bit more about what connected and drew him to these films. Thanks. You know, all things being equal, which I think is one of the challenging parts of the job, is that we get to, well, I should frame it up like this. The business in general has such a well of young, incredible talent who are chomping at the bit for an opportunity to tell their stories, to participate in programs like ours, you know, to add to the, you know, I think it's fair to say heralded, you know, storytelling canon of the Walt Disney Studios. So it makes the the choices very challenging, but I think as a producer and in certain ways, kind of as a curator, I was really inspired to just push the program forward. I think in sense of scope, scale, genre, the types of stories that we were telling to really do new things. And so, you know, having a story that's about martial arts, but also a story that's about kind of the connection between African-American and Asian-American communities and also masculinity, all, you know, all very much kind of Trojan horse and, you know, kind of a fun black exploitation story, you know, just such deep meaning, but also a really fun genre play. I think that was really exciting for me. I'm always kind of looking for the thing behind the thing, you know, and inspired by the idea of identity being a prism and not the plot, you know, just something by which we can tell really fun stories that we all love. Who doesn't love an action movie? You know, I know some might not like horror, but who doesn't love, you know, a, a comedic family drama or dramedy? And I think really that's the incredible thing that a lot of our filmmakers accomplish. Like undoubtedly, these stories were birthed through, you know, their perspective and, you know, which is clearly shaped by their identity, but they're really universal. Like these are stories that everyone can enjoy. Who doesn't like a nice, you know, dust up with morality? Who doesn't like a nice scare? Who doesn't like a fun science fiction romp? You know, these are, these are really stories for everyone. It's incredible how you've given a platform for these amazing stories. And like you said, these young filmmakers who who crave an opportunity like this, now they can do it. In season one, I know it featured writers slash directors, but this season filmmakers could submit as a writer or director. How did those collaborations get put together? <laughs> That's the secret sauce of producing, honestly. It's the X factor. You know, I mean, in practicality, it's something that Mahin, myself, and all of, you know, the stakeholders and partners that we have in Launchpad, we can't forget our incredible creative executives across all of the Walt Disney Studios. We can't forget our partners in physical production, Disney Live Action, who have been incredible, you know, standing shoulder and shoulder to us, all of our leadership on the Rise team and up and down the studio. But, you know, it comes to us first to honestly, like, package these films, put together storytellers, you know, directors and, and screenplays and do the hard work of, you know, 
seeing if there are things that they can both kind of connect and elevate each other. And I feel very proud to say that. I think we did that across every short film, but there's a, dare I say, a Disney magic to it. There are intangibles that you, you, know, you have to grab onto. And I think something that's really special is that I think one of the core foundations of Walt Disney Studios is very bold storytelling and telling new stories, you know, that have become these heralded franchises. And in our world, you know, we're small but mighty, humble but mighty. We're trying to tap into that too, you know? And so you just kind of have to, have a vision, be willing to make a bold choice. And from that point with our support and deadly, it's laid up the filmmakers to rise up to the challenge of the rival to quote, <laughs> <laughs> to quote, I'm the tiger. I, there is no rival. I don't know why I said that, but Mahina uh, would love to know <laughs> your thoughts on that. <laughs> yes. I think well said Philip. So the team really worked their magic to make the alchemy come alive with the matchmaking and, uh, what's been amazing to see is that some of the filmmaking pairs have now formed lifelong friendships coming out of this and are in it to win it forever. And that's exactly what we want is we want a true family of filmmakers who will look out for each other, who will take care of each other and who will help each other get jobs, which is the ultimate goal of Launchpad is get people jobs. That's a noble goal. Same question about the crew. Is everyone that's providing like a tech element on the films, are they all seasoned pros or is there any new talent used there too? So the cool thing about Launchpad is, and I don't have the exact number in front of me, but we've created hundreds of jobs through production mm -hmm. during the summer. And we have a mix, but we really try to keep the spirit of Launchpad, which is, you know, empowering this next generation you know, woven through every element of how we do it. So when we're crewing up below the line, you know, we are looking for people who are hungry, eager, and ready for an opportunity and getting a good mix of expertise, but also people, you know, who are looking to prove themselves. And that's really been the, I think the hallmark of what we do. It, it's inside out. And, you know, the hope is that not only can, the 12 filmmakers who are formally in the program shout and celebrate that they have something that's premiering on Disney plus, but also the six producers that I got a chance to work with have been elevated in that the sound design team, the catering team, the set design team, all of those people can also celebrate in this really big achievement. And that, you know, elevates their profile for the next thing that they're doing, for the next TV show, the next movie. So that's the vision. And from what I've been able to see on social media, you know, that's really been ringing true. Everyone is rallying around these projects because of what it took to make them. And because film is, at the end of the day, a very collaborative medium. You know, I've heard it said it takes 100 people working as hard as they can to make a bad film. So luckily, we had over 101 to make sure that all these films were great. <laughs> <laughs> I can add to that too. We have a wonderful team that focuses on crew and crew experience that is within the HR team here at the Walt Disney Studios. And so they have someone devoted to learning and development for crew. So they actually leverage Launchpad as an opportunity to lead a Q&A with the team 
all about their roles as producers and physical production executives as a way to really provide a learning opportunity for the crew who may be interested not just in that route, but in the filmmaking route as writers, directors, or producers as well. So really utilizing Launchpad as a studio training system, not just for our writers, directors, and producers, but for the first time for our hundreds of crew members as well. Wow. That's amazing. One of the fun facts that I was excited to say today was that one of your filmmakers I went to high school with, uh, oh. the director director of The Roof, Alex McCary. I oh. was blown away that I saw the lineup for Launchpad season that two. That is like, amazing. What? I'm going to see him tomorrow because <laughs> The Roof is a part of the Y International Film Festival. So we're going to be there cheering him on and celebrating him. I'll, I'll have to tell him he is just to speak on Alex for a second, he's an incredible, incredible talent. I, I couldn't be more proud of what he did and the work and the lengths that he went to to make The Roof such an incredible film. It's a film about the Northern Cheyenne community. It's a film about two-spirit identity. And as you know, Alex, he is you know um, Native Hawaiian. And so though he is a part of an Indigenous community, he's not Native American. And we did two research trips with him to the Northern Cheyenne that he prompted himself and said, Hey, in order to get this right, it's important for us to go. It's important for me to go to really make sure that he could bring that spirit in and tell that story authentically in collaboration with Adam Parker, who's from the Northern Cheyenne community and wrote the story. And then also Blake Pickens, who's a Chickasaw producer. It's important to just honor that. Like these guys are doing research trips. Like these are real filmmakers who are, who are taking serious responsibility when it comes to the stories that they're telling. So again, it's only 20 minutes, but there's might and power in there. And especially to be able to put forth a vision so strong that someone like West Studio would come onto the project. I mean, I just, hats off to them. So proud of him, but also the entire team. So cool. And I definitely feel that serendipity, a little bit of Disney magic to kind of have crossover. So it's really, really cool to hear about that. Thank you so much for sharing. But you were kind of speaking to it there, Philip. Your roles go beyond executive producer sometimes. Like you're overseeing the creation of the short films. I could feel that like personal connection to this. What are other examples that you can share about how you nurture these young filmmakers as you see that they're just so moved and inspired to tell their stories? It's really kind of you to say and I think where it really starts is the spirit of the program. And I can't take credit for that because the way that I've learned how to with patience and with grace, and that's not because anyone is necessarily a challenge, but because coming from an independent world into the studio world is a head trip. It's a head trip. If you're, you know, the biggest, most successful indie director it's a head trip if you're a younger storyteller who's had you know short films on the circuit. But learning how to navigate that and empathy that I try to give to them is really an empathy that Mahin gave for me when I joined the team. So I think she's really the wizard when it comes to you know how you do something like this because she created the blueprint. Well, that's very kind, Philip. And I think what I love most about Launchpad, as mentioned, is it truly is a family. Myself, Philip and Lissa, I remember when we got to have a celebration screening for the films. It was the three of us together up on stage, really 
as a family announcing that we are here for the world, ready for the world to see these films. And so the three of us really walk together as a unit and with that spirit, um, embrace our filmmakers as well. I think part of that is that we have a partnership with AFI and other organizations to teach over 20 classes in professional development and in cinematic storytelling. And that becomes another way for the filmmakers to act as a unit and to continue their own learning. And I know that this time was the first time that an acting coach was brought on. Philip and Lisa Koshbakti, who uh, ran season two, were uh, part of that class and what seemed like a truly transformative class. Philip, anything you wanted to add about that specific class? I'm just thinking about having to read this like father and son scene. Actually, so... <laughs> So in that class, all of us, because we were participating as well, the director would have to coach like a page or two from the screenplay that they were you know, going to direct. And so I remember myself and Joel Perez, who is a co-writer of Beautiful Florida, but also has a, a starring cameo in it. We had to do a scene from the roof together where I was playing Wes's character and then he was playing the young boy. It's just really funny because we're like the same age. And I'm like, you know, it's Cheyenne if I'm eating it. It's like, I don't, I don't know how to, what the, I don't know my way in on that line. But yeah, I think being with the filmmakers and as best as we can, just creating a family line, we know that we're here to support them and here to guide them and not having, you know, some weird kind of distance. Like we're in the room with them. We're in the production meetings with them. It's not a set it and forget it kind of thing. We're, we're really, really hands-on but not in a way to hamper or to muzzle, but really just in a way to support. You're really supporting so many dreams coming true. It's it's really awesome. There's so much new talent in the cast of these Launchpad films, combined with some actors who are no strangers to Disney, like Wendy McClendon-Covey and Margaret Cho. Can you tell us a little bit about the casting process? Yeah, well, our partners at Disney Live Action are incredible, and we have to give them all of the kudos there. They really fought to get every single person they really fought to you know make things like you know wendy and and margaret and wes happen and honestly it came out of them and that's the thing like disney launchpad's a team effort you know we pour our hearts into it but especially the entire studio but most especially disney live action because they produce the films put so much time and effort into it so if it were not for them if we're not for all of our incredible partners across the business, you know, Disney Launchpad would be what it is today. That's incredible. I think also too, just knowing that each of you in your own way are so multifaceted. Mahin, I'm coming at you for this next one. You're the director of diversity and inclusion at Disney. How amazing is that? What other initiatives beyond this amazing series do you oversee? Yeah, great question. So this year, we've actually gotten the opportunity to expand beyond Launchpad to diversify our portfolio of the opportunities we are providing for writers, directors, producers. So we are in partnership with some of the leading artist nonprofit organizations in the country. One example of that is our Imaginar Latinx Creative Producers Program led by Film Independent in consultation with NALIP, the National Association of Independent Latino Producers. This is our pilot year. This is a program that is a partnership between Disney and Searchlight Pictures. 
and it is a nine-month educational program for three Latinx producers who each received a $50,000 crash grant unrestricted to use for rent or to advance their projects. In addition to that, they, through Film Independent, receive a life coach and a financial coach and classes bi-weekly led by Searchlight, as well as Film Independent, all about how to produce, taking you from the indie model to the studio model, and not just any model, but specifically Searchlight. So the goal with the program is to advance their projects and their careers. And the ultimate dream is down the line, they make something with Searchlight. Wow. Pretty cool. Extremely cool. Philip, now to you, besides Launchpad, you've, you know, you've produced and directed a number of other shorts. Are you interested in working in like the feature film space? Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish and what I've been able to learn both inside and outside the studio. But the vision, I think, for all filmmakers is to get to that next level. And I just think Disney's been instrumental in that. I have no formal film school education. I think it's important for me to frame that up. I've just learned by making films and I guess <laughs> tricking people <laughs> into letting them, <laughs> you know. That's me... the best way to learn. I yeah, think. pretty pretty Hollywood, is Making it. it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And so this is film school for me. I learn from the filmmakers. I learn from the studio. I learn from the creative executives. But that passion sits in our heart and you know, we'd love to see something like that happen with Launchpad and down the line, you know, fingers crossed. But yeah, everyone's trying to get to the first feature in whatever shape or form. I think making films is like that is film school like that. That yeah. is the best way to learn, which is part of why Launchpad is just so awesome. How do you plan to expand for season three? Is there room for maybe like a documentary category? Do you stick to one genre? Maybe I don't know what's in the works. These are great questions I cannot answer. Awesome. <laughs> you know, it's look, I uh, you know, I don't work on, you know, Marvel Lucas film, but you know, I I'm trying to keep that same level of silence until it's time to reveal the master plan. All I can tell you though is that Disney Launchpad will return. We'll be back for season three. And the vision is always to be better than what we did the last time to build upon the foundation. And now we have a roster, if you can believe this, of 12 short films on Disney Plus that demonstrate what is possible. And we'll just keep imagining and, and dreaming up and seeing where we can go next. What a breathtaking achievement that is. Philip Maheen, thank you so much for your time today. Launchpad is just an incredible series. Very grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you, Lisa. So great to see you both again. Till next time. Till season three. Launchpad will return. Wow. How special was that to talk to Philip and Maheen? I love Launchpad. It's such an amazing series. Speaking of amazing things... It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, presented by State Farm. For complete details, visit d23.com. Remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, first up, I'm going to take you guys back to the 1980s. I don't know who was alive, but I was here. Moonlighting, <laughs> the complete series, is now streaming on Hulu. For the first time ever, the popular 1980s rom-com mystery series, Moonlighting, starring Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard, will be available to stream. All five seasons will be ready to enjoy remastered in HD on Hulu beginning this week. I used to watch this when I was little. And fair warning, the theme song sung by the late Al Jarreau, will get stuck in your head after the first watch. 
I just yeah. loved your setup of that so much. Me and too. I love, I mean, come on, Bruce Willis in this. I got to go back and watch yes. this. I will be so watching. good. Same. I'll, I got to watch it too. Okay. Now for a season two, we've all been eagerly anticipating Loki new episode now streaming on Disney plus you've seen the, the premiere episode of Loki season two, right? Oh, what's that? <laughs> Some of you still haven't watched it. Well, remedy that situation ASAP. So you're up to date and can check out episode two post haste for it is now available on Disney plus. All these timelines are so entertaining. We can't wait to see where Loki and team end up next. Ooh, can't wait. Next, Goosebumps. Now, this is something from my childhood that I love. Goosebumps series premiere Friday, October 13th, Friday the 13th on Disney Plus and Hulu. Inspired by R.L. Stein's series of children's thriller mystery books, this brand new Goosebumps series follows a group of high schoolers as they investigate a mysterious death that happened 30 years ago. I feel like a kid already. I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> so exciting. And speaking of kids, my kids' favorite show, Hamster and Gretel, has a brand new episode this Saturday, October 14th. The episode's two stories include Nano a Nano, whereupon during a school trip to a robot factory, Gretel encounters a nanobot and the ultimate history of Dr. Medusasaurus in which Gretel and Bailey meet a strange paleontologist at a museum. Oh, paleontology. Sign me up. I love dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we are in the midst of a celebration and I pinch myself every day to be able to be in the midst of this and share this with you all to close this out. The wonderful world of Disney Disney's 100th anniversary celebration. You can watch this this Sunday, October 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Pacific as well on ABC. So in honor of Disney's 100th anniversary, and yes, the official anniversary day is almost here, October 16th, ABC is celebrating the iconic moment with an evening of magical programming hosted by Kelly Ripa. After an episode of America's Funniest Home Videos, the evening will include exclusive moments featuring Ripa and sneak peeks of upcoming Disney projects, as well as the world broadcast premieres of Walt Disney Animation Studios' new animated short film, Once Upon a Studio, and the beloved Oscar-winning feature in Kanto. I think this is just so special in so many ways, but we were there at Destination D23 yes. with Once Upon a Studio and that reaction. So I'm just like, all the feels. I feel Literally like I feel not it. a dry eye in the house. Everyone standing ovation. So good. I'm so excited to see this on Sunday for sure. I can't wait for everyone to see Once Upon a Studio. It's like my new favorite short film. I love it. Mm. Thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. If you want to chat with us, use hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back soon with more fantastic guests on an all new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.